that is a metaphor that I can make because I understand everything there is to know about sports. This is We Have Concerns. Hi, Jeff Kanata. Hi, Anthony Carboni. Hello, concerned citizens. Jeff, I want to ask you, have the, um, have the children gotten to the point yet where they have swallowed something that they should not have swallowed? Oh, boy. Uh, it's funny that you bring that up. Yesterday, yesterday, my daughter, three years old, mm-hmm. adorable, light of my life. Bless her heart. A, joy. a perfect just child. A, just a joy. Just a joy. Uh, is sitting at the, at the kitchen table. Uh, mom has given her, uh, her sippy cup with the plastic straw, mm-hmm. the, uh, the hard plastic straw, not a, not a, not a disposable straw, but like the hard reusable, put it in the wash, wash yeah. it, reuse it straw. It's part of the thing. It's part of the thing. My child, delightful, light of my life. Honestly, just a perfect child. Just a, uh, no complaints. No notes. My child decides to take a bite out of said straw. Just crunch into the hard plastic so that there are shards. Oh, my. Shards of plastic in her mouth. Big grin on her face. Happy <laughs> as, the, as the day she was born. I love it. I love it. I absolutely yeah. adore There's it. My fingers going into her mouth, digging around, trying to find all the pieces wow. of the deadly plastic that she will inevitably get lodged in her esophagus and cause medical emergencies. Listen, yeah. this happens. The foreign, foreign objects wind up in mouths. Foreign objects wind up inside people. Yeah. Happens all the time. It's not for us to ask why it happened. <laughs> Or no. how it happened. No, let's not, let's not attack the root cause of this. No, number one, we don't kink shame. Okay? <laughs> not here. That's not number here. one. On this podcast. We don't no kink way. shame on this podcast. We would never. Number two, uh, I don't want to know. If it's <laughs> in honesty, in all honesty, don't want to know. Right. Uh, but I, you know, I was not a kid who swallowed, who swallowed a lot of stuff that they were not supposed to swallow. Uh, my sister, my little sister, yeah. also didn't told swallow. This story. Yeah, you told this story before about the nose. Yeah, she put a marble right up her nose. Yeah, uh, just because she was like marble fit in nose. That's where marble <laughs> is. Like I wasn't yeah. that kid. My sister was. Um, but you know, I was a preschool teacher for a little while. I I have seen these things happen, and also like sometimes weird shit happens to adults. And once again, it's not for us to ask why. Right. We don't know why it got there or when it got there or in under what circumstances it got there. That's all in the past. That's all in the past. But the question is, Jeff, if somebody swallows something or, or, or an object gets lodged within somebody. Then what? Then now what? How do we get it out? We got to cut it out, right? Yeah. If it gets stuck, yeah. like it becomes a surgical thing, right? Yeah, that's not fun at all. Or we got to, I don't know, is there like a human equivalent of a roto-rooter? I think it's probably a proctologist. Yeah, there, I think there literally is the there's a thing that goes into places and pulls stuff out. Yeah, I, I think a lot about the original. I never saw the the Colin the Colin Farrell Total Recall, but I think about the original Total Recall a lot. Oh, right, and, and the yeah. nose up into the brain to remove the tracker. Yeah, and it's got that that device with the three prongs that come out mm-hmm. and extend, and uh, yeah, disturbing a disturbing image for a child. Yeah, so it's. We got to get things out and it ain't easy to get things out. How are we going to get them out? How are we going to get them out? Well, Jeff, what if I told you we put 
slime. <laughs> we put slime into their bodies. Okay, so there's something in there that I don't want in there, and you're going to put something else in there that I also don't want in there, and it's going to help in some way? This is what you're telling me. Jeff, what I'm saying is, all Smart. we need to do, literally all we need to do is just put a horrible slime into your body. This is the 1990s Nickelodeon solution to everything? Absolutely. Slime is the answer? Slime is always the answer. So basically, this was a... Uh, this was a... Uh, a uh, something that was created um <sighs> boy oh boy yeah it's a slime robot <laughs> i don't i you know i was like how am i going to say this to where it's not spooky creepy weird uh there is no way it is simply jeff a slime robot are we talking a robot that looks like slime or are we talking an actually an organic slimy icky sticky gooey thing this is a magnetic slime that's made of like a polymer and it looks like slime it's basically like nickelodeon gack or uh or one of those youtube tutorials where it's like let's make slime or let's clean yeah. things with slime it's a non-newtonian fluid oh non-newtonian it is a non-newtonian fluid which uh somebody can swallow and then it can be magnetically remote controlled within the body. Amazing. Amazing. It's pretty so, wild. So right, this first is first of all, don't swallow magnets. First of all, well, okay. <laughs> Bad idea. So there are a lot of things to say about this. Uh, but I want to show you I, I wanna I wanna show you what this thing looks like in motion, if I may. Because I think Ugh. you're going to um I think you're gonna love it. Oh, okay. Well, and by love oh, it, I mean oh, I think you're going to be horrified. God. It's way worse than I thought. It is. It it's is way worse than I thought. It is a weirdly textured. It looks like a slug. And what oh, they're oh, it's so horrible. And what they're moves. doing? They're they're showing it. Uh, oh, what is it doing? They're showing it in this video, crawling around through obstacle courses and bending around wires. And cutting, it, it literally grabs things with yeah. its slime body. It can it can be cut apart and reform itself. It can squeeze through tiny openings that are okay, much smaller. So wait, wait, here's the worst part about it: it doesn't move like you think it should. It moves in a herky jerky, uh, horrible like early fifties sci fi manner. I would it call like, it. I would call it Lynchian. <laughs> I would definitely yes, call it a it's Lynchian a way to, show. Yeah, it it's sometimes it moves very slowly and smoothly like a slug, and then sometimes it moves like a stop motion nightmare. It lurches, is what it does. It lurches. It, it lurches until it doesn't, and then it's way too quick. <laughs> yes, exactly. Like, it, like, it moves slowly and then fast, and then slow and then fast in a way that is very disconcerting. Yeah, it's 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 like it a again, Walking Dead again. zombie. You know, slow, Played slow, again. slow, fast, slow, yes. slow, slow, fast. Um, but also, you know, I'm thinking of slime in the, like you said, Nickelodeon Gak. I'm thinking of all those uh, toys you can buy at the at the drugstore that look, that have fluorescent colors. This looks like something you would pull deep out of a drain in your house. Yeah. Like when you have a problem and your drain won't drain and you call the man to come and he and he sticks the rotor rooter down and he pulls something out and you're like, oh my god, is that a dead rabbit? What is that? 
Is that what is is that a rodent of some kind? What is that? There was a brown and black. And like you said, textured in yeah, a way that I don't it's like. It's roughly textured. You expect it to be smooth. And I think it's roughly textured because of, uh, it's got to be the magnetic particles because it's made of, yeah. I'll tell you, it's, it's honestly, it's makeup is incredibly simple. If you've ever made oobleck or slime, it's honestly not that far away. It's polyvinyl alcohol, borax, and basically tiny magnet shavings. That's it. And all you have to do is swallow it. And all you have to do is swallow that into your Here, body and let it move just, around like a nightmare. <laughs> That's all you have to do, Jeff. Oh, my God. All you I'm have to sorry do, you swallowed the Matchbox car. Now you need to swallow this horror show in order to get the Matchbox car out. Yeah. I, it's, it is, it's fascinating that it's so simple, though. Like... I cannot, yeah. I cannot stress that enough. It's fascinating to me that it's, it's such a simple makeup. Yeah. And that we haven't really, I think, I think the reason we haven't thought of something like this before is sort of the. It's terrifying. No, Jeff, we think of a, science things of a hundred terrifying things before breakfast. No, Good Jeff, morning. I think, I think the reason we haven't had this before is simply the level of control over the magnets. Yeah. Right? Like they need to exert very specific changes in magnetic force and magnetic field to get it to look as terrifying as it does. Well, you think it just comes out looking that terrifying, Jeff? No. no. There needs to be some sort of Ray Harryhausen at the wheel. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's right. A Phil Tippett of some kind. Yeah. <laughs> some sort of... Yeah, the... You had one job, <laughs> Phil. Supervise the dinosaurs. <laughs> the, there, it is extraordinary how there there is one part of the video where it it wraps itself around a, a what looks like a uh, a wire of some kind, like a like a like a wire hanger that you would unravel. Uh, but it wraps itself around it extremely efficiently. Yeah, it it basically it stretches itself very thin. They are they're able to yeah. they're able to tell it to flatten. And to stretch, and then it becomes oh, almost like it. like paper. it rolls itself. It rolls up around the wire hanger. It becomes Yo, the burrito covering of this wire, uh, which I think is utterly fascinating. the The level of control that they have over this yeah. is so minute and so uh, so delicate, and the way they're able to maneuver it around because you know. It's moving around in the the human body has certainly uh, it's certainly stretchy qualities. You know, our sure, tissues can move around. Yes. But you don't want you don't want to overexpand something and tear it. Right. And likewise, right. you want to be able to get into a much tinier space from a larger space. You know, they're they're probably using, uh, you know, either endoscopic cameras or MRIs to see where this thing is. I can't can't be an MRI because it's full of magnets, but they're doing something. Um, to where they're figuring out where this thing is and how they need to stretch, squash, bend, and yeah. shape this thing. Uh, now, Anthony, I hate to invoke the marketing department in a science story. Sure. Right? It's the last thing we need. Is because the thing sells folks. itself, Jeff. It does sell itself. <laughs> the last thing we need is those marketing folks coming in here and mucking up something that is elegant and pure yeah. and scientifically proven. Yeah. 
and doesn't give anybody any bad feelings at all. However, I I must I must suggest. Go on. Cannot we at the very least throw some fucking food coloring on this bad boy? Can't we just can we neon it up in some yeah. way? Can we make it a more palatable color it if is, nothing else? It is black. It does look like it's an, it looks like Venom when Venom doesn't have a person. Yes. It does look like Venom. It looks like it looks like a symbiote. Yeah, it, it's a little it's almost like it looks like a slug or a leech. It's like a dark black and it, yeah. and it's its default shape because its slime is sort of like a like an oblong teardroppy sort of shape and it does look like a monster. It looks like Yes. It looks like a million things from a horror movie that you should not swallow because once it gets in you, it's going to control you. If there is one thing that all of my evolution has taught me, it's do not swallow anything that looks like that. Yeah. And yet this is what science is telling me to do. No, now is the time. My instincts. But, you know, (laughs) Jeff, science is constantly evolving, learning, changing. And where we used to say don't swallow the slime monster, now we can say we've learned a lot. And we've decided definitively that we were wrong and that you should swallow the slime monster. <laughs> that is what that's that's really the definition of science is new information, new hypothesis. Yeah. With looks, we we used to think slime monster bad. You know, the same way we thought Earth was flat. Because why? Because you look at Earth and you think to yourself, must be flat. You look at yeah. slime monster, you think to yourself, must be bad. But Jeff, what if I <laughs> told you bad. slime monster? is made to swallowed by you. Yeah. Yeah, it really <laughs> You is. are swallow supposed to now. <laughs> There's also the part of the video where someone takes a scissors to it. Yeah. And it, just chops it into multiple pieces. Yeah, it's self-healing. And it's okay with that. You know, like, again. Well, let's not ascribe, let's not ascribe uh, <laughs> self-awareness to the slime monster. Well. It doesn't miss a beat. I'll just put it that way. It, it does not. I, I don't want to hold it back. I don't want to give it the spark of life if we if we should not and if it does not have it. But yeah, it I'm does heal you, itself. You, you can't destroy it is what I'm saying. You no. can't stop the no. monster. Even if you don't want to swallow it, it seems that maybe you won't be able to prevent it from Jeff, being inside you. No, you know? it, it certainly cannot be stopped or slowed down. And that's <laughs> that's one of the most important things about it. <laughs> That's that's really it's genius uh-huh. is that it can't be stopped. And once it's in your body, it's in there for as long as it wants to be. That's that's what's good about it. I keep trying to explain to you what's good about it. And you're not it's so, like you're not listening. <laughs> I, I can't listen because of the images that keep flashing in front of my eyes. Is, so is the, is the only application for this thing to just get foreign objects out of bodies or does it have other uses? Well, this is what's fascinating about it. Um, you know, it, it could, it could go into small, it, it could, it could go into small places. It could, uh, it could, you know, it's not just the human body. We were talking about like, uh, how it can connect wires and things like that. It could go yeah. deep into the structures of things and and make simple repairs. Wait a minute. Could I put some slime into my walls and it will run some sweet ass speaker wire through through my walls? I don't see why not. Out? Let's do that. I mean, I guess we're in the 
wireless world now where I don't need sweet ass speaker wires in my walls. But uh, you still, like- kind of, I mean, let's be honest, there's still, you still need some wires. Now it's, now we're in the age of hiding the wires that you do need because yeah. they don't fit into our beautiful conception of the world. I'll slime up my walls. Let's throw some black ass goo in my walls oh. and I'll, uh, I'll, you know, pull some uh, Ethernet cable from one room to another so I don't have to use the crappy Wi-Fi. Listen, if there's, wired action. if there's one thing that reading A Lifetime of Ray Bradbury has taught me, it's have something living in your walls. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> Just have it live in your walls. It can't do any harm to you from there. Yeah. What is your house going to do to you? I yeah. ask. <laughs> maybe, maybe at night you'll hear it moving. Who knows? I don't know. That's just the slime doing what it's supposed to. <laughs> Go to sleep, honey. That's the slime at work. Yeah. Don't worry, honey. The slime is just reorganizing the interior of our walls. And our minds. <laughs> as it will do. I, I think this is, it- this is great. So, I mean, it honestly, all joking aside... There are a lot of uses for this, and it is a very simplistic soft robot. You know, we talk about uh, soft robotics. We were talking just a, a few episodes ago about uh, the sort of self-replicating robot made of stem cells, right? That's right, made to like yeah, kind of right. help you heal and push things around. Uh, this is sort of the perfect example, unfortunately, of soft robotics, which is why soft robotics has always made me a little queasy, but it's also what is kind of perfect about it it's simple to make yeah it's incredibly inexpensive it's incredibly flexible and useful right um there's not i mean unfortunately this is the goopy terrifying future that we want i agree i think that you know science fiction writers and and uh, you know lot lots of folks for for many many years always fantasized about the the android who was just like a human being. And yeah. I'm sure there's folks working on that. But I, I got to believe that our future is much more this kind of stuff. Yeah. Is simple robots that have basic functionality that that you can, you can iterate on and they'll do useful things, but they're very simple. They're very sort of um, um, utilitarian and not, not they don't need to have multifunction. They don't you don't need to have a robot that works like a human and does all the different things that a human can do. And you know, it can operate machinery and go over here and do yeah. this and do that. You have these very specialized, specific, simple robots. And hopefully that means that they don't rise up against us. Yeah. You know? I, I think I think that's the trick is when you talk about things like machine learning and AI and robots that can do things that humans can do, the next I would say, look. Ray Kurzweil, that son of a bitch, I love him and I want him to be right all the time, but that son of a bitch put out another one of his things where he's like, we're 10 years away from the singularity. Every 10 years, he says we're 10 years away. Always 10, yeah. And like Kurzweil, I love you and I want you to be right, but you got to stop saying 10. Even if you believe it with all your heart, you've got to switch it up just so we think that you're putting some new math into this thing because (laughs) it feels like now you're just hoping. Uh, and so, but, but I think, you know, when we talk about robots doing the jobs of humans, we're talking about, you can train, you can machine learn, train an AI to be a driving car, right? You can, you can say like, I, this is what it looks like when another car is too close. 
This is what it looks like when you should change lanes. Here's a traffic light. Here's what a traffic light looks like when it's like a little obscured from your view, just so you don't miss it. But it's a very specialized thing, right? Right. Um, and I think even that is is very complicated and expensive. And we've got all of the biggest companies working on it. Like they've got teams working on it 24 hours a day, right? Whereas something yeah. like this, I think is the generation of robotics that we're about to come into as long as they can make them look less ugly and more friendly. Because <laughs> I don't right. want this thing in my house. This thing looks like the thing I'm trying to get rid of and I'm trying to clean yeah. up. But yeah. imagine if they could put some sort of like a, like a rubberized soft, you, you know. Um, googly eyes? You want googly eyes? Probably some googly eyes on it. Yeah. If you put yeah. googly eyes on it, it would probably look good. I mean, it's a, it's a quick solve. Uh, but I feel like it's effective. Googly eyes. It's you know, never like it's never failed us before. It's true. That's the thing. No, you know, as awful as something looks, if you put googly eyes on it, you can't can't hate you, slime. Come on, look uh, at your googly eyes. I will say though, even for something this simple, Jeff, we are um, we are still farther away than you would think. Uh, just because there is one small problem with this robot. Can you guess what it is other than the terrifying factor? <laughs> uh, is it how we get it out of you? No, it just comes out. Like everything, that, out? like everything that goes in that way, it's just going to come out over time. All right. Okay. The problem, I don't know. What Jeff, is the, what's the problem? You can't swallow magnets, dude. Not just because. Oh, that's what I said at the beginning. Yeah, but you were right. You can't, and it's not just because like it's a bad idea to swallow a magnet or whatever. Neo neodymium magnet particles are poisonous. Yeah, magnets are poison. <laughs> well, if only this thing looked like poison. <laughs> it looks if only had so some indication, appetizing. <laughs> if only had some indication that it was a foul, noxious substance that should not go inside you. No, but we don't because it all looks like it's supposed <laughs> to be swallowed. That's the problem, Jeff. That is the problem. It all looks like it's supposed to be swallowed. Uh, but it, so that's the biggest thing is they're trying to figure out, because right now I feel the, like the magnet particles it, are contained within the neodymium fluid, right? And right. because it's a neodymium fluid, they don't just have like all of this control over it that they have, but also um, it's got some stuff that makes it resilient. You know, like if you think about uh, like slime or oobleck. Oobleck is the big non-Newtonian fluid that people make during, you know, for science experiments for kids. Uh, yeah. Or even like, even like that, that liquid metal Kevlar or whatever. A non-Newtonian fluid, you exert force on it and it becomes stronger. Right. Right. So it's pretty resilient. The particles shouldn't get out, but like they gun get out. <laughs> and the scientists now, are like, look, they gun get out. <laughs> Again. Far be it for me to invoke the marketing department on sure. this one. But if you've I got something I don't think they're that, needed. That's the thing is I don't no, think they're needed not. here. No, it sells itself. Yeah. It sells itself. But if you've got an, a product that is literally three ingredients. Yeah. And one of the ingredients is going to kill you. Uh-huh. Not, not a great ratio is what I'm saying. That's a, not an easy sell. Oh. Is swallow the thing with three ingredients. Oops one of the ingredients should never be swallowed. Yeah. No, I see what you're saying. But but can I just can I just say in return? Come on, swallow the thing. It's going to it's going to help you swallow the thing. Yeah. Can I just say that? 
Is that okay you for me say to say? That. I mean, it's a good retort. It's, I didn't think about it that way. Here's the thing. You swallowed the Matchbox car. The Matchbox car will kill you. True. Let's say you didn't just swallow like a regular Matchbox car. Let's say that you swallowed like, like a cool van. Yeah. Like a cool Matchbox van or like one of those like, one of the special ones that they make for like Spider-Man or Star Wars where it's a car, but it has cool. like a Darth Vader helmet as part of it. Like it's going to kill real, you. Real pointy one. Yeah, yeah it's pointy yeah. and it's big and it's just oddly shaped and you're going to die. Yeah. Um, either the Matchbox car kills you, certainly, or <laughs> right. slime maybe kill you a little bit. Those are your choices. Yeah, I mean, I'll take, I guess I'll take the ladder. I'll, I'll, I'll take the, I'll roll the dice. Now I we guess. can still cut you open, but we're not right. going to. Not anymore. Not anymore. Now we, we have the slime. Throw the slime down your gullet. Listen, we, we ran the math and the slime is slightly less dangerous than the average number of malpractice suits we get. You know how, I, you know how I'd, I would like them to administer the slime? How? Is that, is that you just lie on the gurney or the you know, the medical bed. Yeah. And you, and you lie next to it and you open your mouth and it crawls itself into your mouth. You know, like a, like that scene in Star Trek two where the, the thing goes into the ear, you know? Yeah. Well, cause there are two reasons. Cause number, cause, cause number one, that's cool. And it's like Star Trek two, but number one, that's also kind of consent. And so, like, if you're just if you're just laying there and you let our slime robot robot crawl inside of you, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, is that yeah. on us? Like, is that on us? Yeah, it's I'm not I can't swallow that. Oh, don't worry. You don't have to. You don't have to just uh, you all you just lie back and the slime robot will do will do the work. That's not okay, but it is consent and you did sort of consent to it. And so, uh, there's nothing you can do. Uh, oh, man. but they're thinking, so right now the, um, there's a layer of like silica, you know, like, uh, you know, like silica gel, do not eat. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I know. I know that. I've yeah. seen that warning label. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I, that's the gel. Don't eat the silica gel. But because it's a desiccant and like it absorbs moisture and if you swallow it, it's going to expand and you're like, there's a whole reason you shouldn't eat silica gel. But silica uh -huh. itself is is fine. And right. so they have a of layer course. of silica sure. uh, that's over it that that keeps the particles in kind of because the silica kind of kind of just floats around the outside of the rest of the robot. It's very cool, sure. actually. Yeah. Like. It's it kind of I guess it kind of separates like oil and water where like robot dangerous robot parts are kind of on the inside. But the silica, the silica layer is still not a complete solid layer. Right. It's still a porous layer. Yeah. So they're trying to figure out better, better ways to keep the neo uh, the neodymium magnets in there. We just need to make this thing like a nice sky blue. It'd be so much more palatable like that. It's just like a like a lovely sky blue, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, or like a wild, like if it was, if it was literally just electric slime green, think about how many kids would yeah. dr drink anything that's slime green. Yeah. Like yeah, children no, don't even know is, what ecto cooler yeah. is, but ecto cooler is still on the shelves. Exactly. Yeah, no, that, that they need this slime robot to go get that other slime out of the kids because they're so prone to eating it. Yes. Yes. That's exactly right. If it was a if it was a neon green, a sky blue, a fun yeah. purple, like you remember when they made ketchup purple for kids? No, but that 
Yes, I know what you're talking about. Like a like a lovely like a lavender. Yeah, like, a, like a, just a non-threatening purple color. And and honestly, if they could do something about the texture, because I will say yeah. once again, it has almost like a porous, spongy uh, texture. It it looks like there is. It looks fibrous. You know what I mean? Yeah. It looks like it's got hair in it. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's not it's not cool. That's the least like cool it looks part like of it. it it looks like it already ate something. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. It looks like when somebody does like, you know, when somebody's like, I did my super, what would, what would the teen or what would the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles look like if they were really in real life? You know? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And it's horrifying. Yeah. And yeah. somebody does one of those or like, yeah, yeah. it's like, oh no. Yeah. It looks like it started out as a nice, like smooth slime, but then it already absorbed something horrible that you didn't want in your kitchen, uh, you know? Yeah. And I want to show you, you know, talking about the marketing department, I do want to show you one thing uh, as we kind of wrap up this conversation, Jeff, which is the Guardian, bastion of journalism for 200 mm. years. Sure. Covered this same story. And let me show you the Guardian's headline. The Guardian okay. said, Magnetic turd. <laughs> Magnetic turd. Well, not inaccurate. Scientists invent moving slime that could be used in human digestive systems. Magnetic turd. Now Researcher again. who co-created sub substance says it's not an April Fool's joke. <laughs> so you're right. There may be some marketing problems here. When the yeah, Guardian says it's a magnetic turd. We're going to need to continue iterating on the title. We're not going to go with magnetic turn. It's a, there are no bad ideas, mm -hmm. no wrong ideas. This is the early part of the process where we just throw everything out and see what sticks. Yeah. Unfortunately, this slime is sticking. What's the first thing that comes to your mind? Yes. Uh, you, the science reporter from The Guardian who's seen everything. Yeah, that's a poop. <laughs> it's a robot poop, though. Yeah. 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 And you, you, you swallow the robot poop is what you do. Yeah. That's a problem. It's all problems. I don't know. I, it's, it's terrifying, but if I but had, cool. but there, there's yeah. something really cool about it for sure. It's unbelievable. Once again, yeah. like the level of control that they have over it, um, is, is really fascinating. And like, dude, I had, I had surgery, like actual surgery for the first time a couple years ago. Yeah. Surgery fucking, I mean, we all know surgery sucks, but surgery fucking sucks. And one of the worst yeah. parts about surgery is your body healing from the surgery, recuperating right. from the surgery, sitting around and being like, everything I do hurts. I'm always right. tired. Yeah. It's going to take- Because they had to injure you to heal you. Yeah. They had to cut into your body to get to stuff. And anything that can remove yeah. simplistic- uh, surgical procedures like this yeah. is a huge, huge boon. An yeah. absolutely huge boon. I don't know. All I'm saying is swallow the, swallow the magnetic turd. <laughs> and why is that a problem? Why is it a problem? Just swallow the magnetic turd. What's the issue is what I say. Uh, you'd, would, you, would you, honest in all honesty, if they were like, you could, you could have surgery or you could put this thing in your body? Well, this is much preferable to surgery. I would have a hard time gagging this thing down, but, uh, you know, maybe. Well, it'll help. It'll definitely help. It'll, it'll meet you halfway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
Yeah. Oh Ugh. man. Uh, let, let us know if you would if you would swallow the slimy robot into your own body. You can you can let us know. You can let us know on uh, you can let us know on Twitter. You can let us know yeah. on the Discord. The Discord's a great place to talk. Fantastic place. You gotta you gotta be part of the Discord in order to be a part of the Discord. And how do you do that? Well, you support this show. The only way we make this show, the only way it's possible, is through our Patreon. Patreon.com slash we have concerns. And for just a dollar every 30 days, that seems like so little. A dollar a month, you get access to that Discord. A little more money gets you a little more stuff. You can check that all out at patreon.com slash we have concerns. Anthony, I feel like I should have picked a different story now in retrospect uh, because I feel like I needed something. We need something to to counteract where we've just gone in our imaginations, uh, imagery, description. And yet here I am doubling down on the gooey black gunk. Do you also have a slime story? We love a double slime story. It's more of a fungus, but, you know, uh, same wheelhouse. Same wheelhouse. Same wheelhouse. Absolutely. I've been searching, you know, the, the news has been so depressing lately, uh, specifically about the Ukraine. Uh, it has been so heartbreaking and so frustrating yeah. to see the atrocities happening there. Um, I was really encouraged to see uh, a, a kind of a hopeful story in a, in a, in a strange way um, coming out of the same region and from, I think, some horrible origins. This is a story that was posted on our Discord in the uh, Science News channel by old Cahoots himself, Jeff Engelstein. Thank you, Cahoots. Um, this is a story about Chernobyl and the strange black fungi that has started growing there, started growing there in the 90s after the nuclear reactor melted down. Uh, and while that story is is obviously tragic and yeah. the occupation of Chernobyl that happened during the Russian invasion, very tragic. There is a glimmer of hope out of all of this from from tragedy is coming some uh, sense of hope. And that is because this strange fungus, this black fungus that no one had ever really seen before, that started to cover all of the desolated area around Chernobyl may end up being extremely useful to us. Huh. There has been some studies uh, on this, this fungus. Uh, it, is, it, it turns out that it grows not just despite the radiation that still permeates throughout Chernobyl, but it grows because of the radiation. Oh, so I think I know where this is going. But before before we get there, can you can you tell me a little bit about this this fungus, like what it is exactly, or like so this started showing up yeah. after the after the meltdown. Exactly, it was this black uh, this growth that they were seeing all over everything on on trees on buildings. Uh, and they observed it. They they started taking samples of it, trying to understand what it is. And they've determined that it is uh, radiotropic, meaning it it, it doesn't uh, use a photosynthesis to uh, to grow. It actually reacts to the radioactivity 
in the area. And some studies now have uh, revealed that what it is actually is it is full of melanin, which is the pigment uh, that exists in human beings and lots of animals that colors your skin, colors your hair, colors your eyes, protects against ultraviolet light. And this fungi has a large amount of melanin. And in fact, the closer it is to the radioactive material, the, the more exposed it is to radiation, the more melanin it has. Whoa. So it is actually ionizing the radiation, which alters the structure of the melanin molecules in a way that makes the fungi grow faster. So this, so this, this fungus is, it's essentially getting a radiation tan from, yeah. from the radiation around Chernobyl. But, and the more it gets, like it basically is sort of feeding off of it so it grows more. Right. Yeah. Now, it did, more, now does, the, it, does it absorb, does it act as a, a radiation absorber as well? Yes. So the, 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 the closer, so even in, in uh, lab tests, they put this thing in a lab and they exposed it to radiation and the closer it was to the source of the radiation, the more melanin it expressed and the faster it grew. So, I mean, this is some like Akira shit, you know, or some like real intense anime stuff where the, the crazy fungus gets the closer it is to radiation, the bigger it, it goes and, the, and it starts taking over the city. That's what we're talking about here. That's uh, wild that, you know, there's this, there's that, there's that like thing that sci-fi authors and super hippies always say, where it's like, oh no, it's not that we're destroying the earth. We're destroying ourselves. The earth will yeah. be fine. As a matter of fact, right. the sooner we're gone, the better it is for the earth because the earth can begin healing. Um, yeah. because the earth can grow and change in response to almost anything. Um, right. that's, so this is like an example it, of that. It literally grows toward radiation. It will literally sense the radioactivity and grow directionally toward the source of the radiation, which wow. is pretty wild. And, uh, here's this wonderful quote. This is, uh, this is kind of what I was referencing earlier. This is, um, a quote from one of the researchers. Uh, at the uh, um, Rutgers University, this is, he sa- uh, says um, the process really isn't analogous to metabolism or photosynthesis, but it's another form of energy conversion. So we're witnessing like a different form of energy conversion that this fungus is exhibiting that we've never really seen um, in nature before. Wow! And they're, they're calling it melanized fungi. So back in 2020, uh, NASA went, you know, this could be super useful to us because when we're in space, when we're going to Mars, Mm -hmm. when we're, you know, anywhere in space, we're getting way more radiation than we are on Earth. We're not protected by Earth's atmosphere. So this is a natural uh, shield. It is a natural shield. So they went, well, let's see if that actually could, could help us. So they took a bunch of this stuff into space in 2020. Hell yeah. And, you know, the, the levels of radiation on Mars are about 20x what you get here on Earth. And they found out that 
they actually absorbed some of the radiation and um, both reduced the radiation, uh, you know, they insulated against the radiation and generated energy. So that the idea here could be you could potentially generate, warm a, a habitat on Mars and reduce some of the, uh, the radiation that you're uh, experiencing at the same time. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And I mean, now it's not, it's not, you know, a hundred percent, right? It's not going to be like, it's not going to absorb all the radiation. It's not going to make it completely safe. You can't just, you know, pack fungi on yourself and walk through and be safe. No, but I'm thinking like what I'm picturing is like, uh, you know, we, we land on Mars, um, because we signed a 150 year labor contract with Elon Musk. And now we <laughs> and our children and our children's children are, are, are conscripted to, uh, to Elon Musk. And right. uh, we've gotten the, we've gotten the, uh, the Musk, the Musk Mars, uh, terraforming kit that comes with us. And it is a mix of like 3d printing prefabricated materials and this fungus as almost like an insulation of some kind. Right. Yes. This is just one yeah. layer along with like the other layers of, you know, things like things like ceramic shielding and 3d printed stuff that has, has natural kind of like uh radio, uh, uh the ability to kind of absorb or reflect radioactivity. This is, this yeah. is just sort of like one layer of the habitat. Exactly. Yeah. It's not complete bioremediation of, of the radiation. You know, you can't just say, Hey, it's going to absorb everything and we're going to be fine, but it will be part of a multi-tiered approach to remediating that radiation. And removing it from the biosphere, right? Like actually absorbing it to the point where it is survivable or more survivable yeah. by humans. And then do the, do uh, the fungus, does the fungi itself become dangerously radioactive? I would imagine it becomes a little radioactive, but. You know, it doesn't go into that, but. Um, but we're saying it's not so, quite, right? meta- yeah, we're saying it's not quite well, metabolizing, but it is getting rid of it. It's turning well, it's it into something else. Energy conversion, right? Yeah. So it's converting it into something else. And I guess that is its its own life. Uh so just have a little yeah, I mean, just have a little radioactive mushroom pasta on Mars. Exactly. You know what exactly. I mean? That's a spicy yeah. meatball. You know what I'm saying, Jeff? It's a very spicy it's, meatball. It's uh the spiciest of a meat the balls. Um <laughs> this is really this is really amazing. You know, one of the things that's that I have found fascinating about Chernobyl over the last, like, I would say 15 years is just reading stories about wildlife coming back and also how quickly radiation levels have dropped and how surprised they were by the drop yeah. of radiation levels. And, yeah. and all of the different things they're finding that nature has been doing to just like get rid of the radiation. Yeah. No, I'm sure you've heard about the red forest that happened in Chernobyl, where the trees literally turned red from the amount of radiation that they uh, experienced. But those trees have since died off and new green trees have sprouted in in the place. And it really is. I mean, it's like every friggin video game we've ever played about the post-apocalypse. Like it, it's nature reclaims these lands. There's a process where everything dies and everything gets screwed over and then nature adapts, evolves and reclaims 
that those spaces and, uh, you know, all these areas in Chernobyl are green and full of life. And there are birds now that, that, you know, land in the branches of these new trees and sing and have a perfectly happy lives. Yeah. The first, the first thing I remember reading about was the, um, was the Chernobyl wolves. Like the wolves came back very early on and they were, and they were like, fine. Like they were, they, they, they studied the wolves and they were like, we expected these wolves to have a lot of problems and they just didn't. And it's, and it's fascinating because they never really, none of those stories ever really went into the why of it. And it's interesting that we're still now figuring out the why of it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, and, and if we can grow this, this fungus, um, and use it as a tool to mitigate some of that, that exposure and that danger, um, it's a, it's a wild thing to have this sort of like a bio suit that you might wear or like, like we were talking like a bio, um, uh, insulation that you would put in a, in a physical structure. It's just, it's incredible to think that it would never, it wouldn't be a purely synthetic solution. We would have literally nature helping us do it. It's so cool. Yeah. That's wild. Um, I, I, I just, this, this really is the flip side of what we were just talking about or not the flip side. It really is just, it's the same thing because we're, we're talking about this eventual future where it's not just soft robotics. It's, 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 we, we spent so much time over the 20th century eliminating the natural from our technology. Yeah. Like that yeah. was the big, that was the big deal is we were like, right. fuck nature. We've got all these machines. We've got all this technology. We're now. Plastics, synthetics, yeah, all that stuff. Yeah. It's, it's, it's better than nature. It is more optimized than nature. It's, and now we're going back and we're like, oh, but in all honesty, if we just, if we just put more nature back in, in specific ways, you know, even small things like like cities that are trying to get use public funds for things like green roofs, because it's like, we're honestly, we could, we could combat so much of rising heat and pollution and all of this stuff and make cities so much more livable if we just had green roofs. Whereas like 20 years ago, if you tried to grow too many, too many uh, fucking basil plants on the roof of your apartment building, your landlord would get a ticket from the city. (laughs) Right. You yeah. know? Uh, and so it's fascinating seeing how we're like 180ing on this stuff. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, there's actually also, um, you know, applications for climate change, you know, and, and the, the radiation that, um, that, that might need to be mitigated because of climate change. I think that's, that's pretty exciting. Um, this kind of thing where, like, if there was, you know, God forbid, another nuclear dis- disaster, they could, like, you know, jumpstart this process because they know how nature handled it uh, over a long period of time and they could, you know, make it happen much quicker and, 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 uh, get to the point of nature reclaiming, uh, in a, in a much shorter time window, just kind of cool. Like there's a lot of really amazing applications. And again, the, one of the reasons that I think this is so encouraging and, and one of the reasons I needed this story right now is that it's it's these little silver linings out of something horrible. Yeah. Right? We, we we would never have known this had this this awful awful thing not happened. We fucked this and, up irreparably and the earth still 
still tried to give us a pass. You <laughs> yes. know what I mean? Like, yeah. like the, like the planet tried so hard to give us a pass on this. Yeah. Uh, and if we just pay attention enough, maybe we can learn something from this awful thing that happened. You know? Yeah. I just found something here, uh, from 2010, uh, about melanized fungi, fungi in uh, the study of human diseases, pathogens mm. uh, for things like pneumonia, local infections, uh, yeah, fungal like allergic fungal sinusitis, brain abscesses, like all this stuff. Like melanized fungus is actually apparently like a super useful thing that we've been looking into. It's amazing, like how much we can get out of this stuff. I think what we've learned here today, Anthony, is that, uh, you know, don't judge a goopy, black, horrible substance by its cover. You I know, know that this, you're going to tell me this is the wrong takeaway, Jeff, but the takeaway is just swallow whatever looks like you should swallow it. <laughs> and some things that look yeah. like that you shouldn't. If yeah. it feels if like it, it would <laughs> be interesting to swallow, Jeff, I think the answer try is it. just try. Swallow it. Why not? When in doubt, when in doubt, swallow it. What do you have to lose except your <laughs> one precious fleeting human life? Nothing, uh, nothing, uh, swallow the slime. Uh. Get the goopy, gunky horror show inside you immediately, if not sooner. <laughs> that's all we've, that's all we're trying to tell you is get the goopy, gunky horror show inside you. <laughs> That's uh, that's from a Bruno Mars song, right? Yeah, yeah, really, that's what that, I thought. That's a banger too. You got, you can't, you can't not dance when it's you. It's a Halloween a good, hit. They'll be playing for years to come. <laughs> uh, thanks, Jeff Engelstein, for sending in that story. Even though he has uh, a completely unprofessional uh, relationship with Jeff, where he's just he's just glad handing, and. And just yeah. giving giving freebies and just greasing the palms of Jeff Kanata to get his stories Frankly, on the show. I wish more of our contributors would do that, to be honest with you. You know, <laughs> you know, Jeff, you're crooked for saying that. Whereas I'm just an honest man that says, give us your money in a legal fashion. There you go. Yeah. Just give yeah, us. You can sidestep the law. <laughs> don't you don't need to sidestep the law. You just head to patreon.com slash we have concerns. Give us some so of easy. your money. Yeah, not a lot. You don't have to give us a lot. We'll take a, like a little bit. Just like five bucks a month. It's not a lot. It's not a lot. And you'll get you'll get so much in return. Just check it out. We've got a whole bunch of rewards and, and goodies for you over there. Uh, Patreon.com slash we have concerns. Now, if you'll excuse me, I have not done the dishes in a week and I'm going to swallow whatever is in the sink. <laughs> <laughs> Which part of that no. sentence is true? None of, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> most of it 